KSLS AM 1060 Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Bases are loaded, nobody out. 0 2. Turner to left field and deep. Peralta back. It is gone. What a swing. What a moment for Turner. Gallegos looks back at Otani. The pitch is hit to left center field. Hit very well. And it is off the wall. Otani flying around third. Right behind him. Scoring the winning run. It's a walk off. Japan will play for the championship. Tomlin, handoff. Noel. He sizes up Shibway. Got him! It's a three! 16 of 19 at the free throw line. And a turnover! Walker comes in! And he scores! We still see elevated injuries, particularly concussions on special teams. We want to make sure that we're doing everything possible there. We're the one league that goes back every year and reevaluates everything we do, whether it's a safety rule or whether it's a competitive rule. The 1 2. Altuve hits the dirt after he was hit by the pitch. Altuve heads into the dugout. Fastball just gets away from him and he catches him right on the hand when really two different places. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, March 21st edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the World Baseball Classic. Will you watch tonight with USA playing Japan in the championship game? The Sweet 16, who you got ATS on Thursday? Kansas State or Michigan State? Roger Goodell, should the NFL extend his contract? The Astros, will they still win the West if they lose if Jose Altuve is out 8 to 10 weeks? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15 or so around the NCAA tournament. And uh, some NCAA coaching talk, too, with Kerry Miller of Bleacher Report. Uh, 9.30 or so, it'll be interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That'll include the uh, latest uh, injury report regarding Kevin Durant. Meanwhile, the final segment of the Sports Zone today, it'll be the national roundup. That'll include updated NCAA tournament odds and the latest line for the Sweet 16 games on Thursday and Friday. Also in this hour, we have our daily spring training report and lunch for two at Porta Subs. And also in this hour, uh, one caller will win a $25 voucher to Winner's Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch the basketball action. All right, on to the pipeline we go.
Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And as usual, we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, will you watch the U.S. tonight against Japan in the World Baseball Classic Championship game? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Early lead going to no, 60% of the vote right there. Yes, at 40% on KDUS1060.com. All right. Obviously, uh, last night was quite exciting with uh, the U.S. winning and uh, excuse me, with the uh, with the Japan winning. And actually, the U.S. won, too, because I'm sure that uh, MLB was hoping for a Japan-U.S. final. They got that. And it might be Otani uh, pitching to Mike Trout at some point of the game tonight. Uh, speaking of pitching, uh, Diamondbacks pitcher Merrill Kelly, Kelly expected to start tonight for Team USA. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who you got in the uh, Thursday Sweet 16 game at Madison Square Garden, Kansas State or Michigan State? We're going to go with the FanDuel numbers. Kansas State getting one and a half. This number is higher in other locations worldwide, two, two and a half. But uh, FanDuel has one and a half, so we're going to go with that. And, Corey, what do we have here? Similar picture, actually. Kansas State up one and a half, 60% of the vote. Michigan State minus one and a half at 40% of the vote on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. Tom Izzo is a head coach in the Sweet 16 for a 15th time, while Kansas State first-year head coach Jerome Tang is no stranger to the Sweet 16, having been an assistant at Baylor for roughly the past 20 years. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, ripped from the headlines, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell Expected to receive a contract extension during next week's owners' meeting, which actually those meetings are here in the Valley. Meanwhile, uh, Houston Astros star Jose Altuve expected to miss between 8 and 10 weeks, according to USA Today's Bob Nightingale, frequent sports zone guest Bob Nightingale, with a broken thumb after he was hit by a pitch last Saturday night during the World Baseball Classic. First up, should the NFL extend the contract of Commissioner Roger Goodell? And will the Astros win the AL West if Jose Altuve is out 8 to 10 weeks because of a broken thumb? Basically, if that 8 to 10 week thing uh, comes to be true and is accurate, then he's going to miss the first couple weeks of the regular season. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by around college basketball, including a Sweet 16 preview. We'll also get to some Rick Pitino and Ed Cooley discussion. Carrie Miller of Bleacher Report scheduled to join us in the next segment. Bottom of the hour, once again, it'll be phone call time. It's general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we have some Suns. Cardinals made some official signings yesterday. We'll try to get to that also in that uh, local roundup segment today. And uh, time pending, we'll get to some uh, NBA Western Conference stuff. I think we're going to 
with only a couple weeks to go in the regular season, I think we'll start jamming all the uh, Western Conference information, whether it be games from last night or the latest line for tonight. Uh, we'll include that in the local roundup, considering the Suns are trying to hold on to the fourth spot in the Western Conference. All right, you're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. AM 1060 into your home with Alexa. Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NCAA tournament is down to the Sweet 16, and you can watch all the action at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. And right now, caller number 2, 602-260-1060. Caller number 2, 602-260-1060, you're today's winner for a $25 voucher at Winter Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino, West Valley. Once again, right now, caller number 2, 602-260-1060. You are today's winner. All right, another winner. Carrie Miller joins us now from Bleacher Report. And uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go and uh, talk a little college basketball. We'll get to some tournament things in a couple of minutes here. But, uh, Carrie, good to have you on the show once again. Thanks. Yeah, good to be with you. Not not much of a winner if you've been following my bet. Uh, projections thus far, but been a oh, I think we're doing fine. Yeah, it's, there's been uh, some interesting results so far. We'll get to the tournament here in a minute. I wanted to ask you about Rick Pitino first, going to St. St. John's. Do you expect there to be immediate impact and immediate success with him at St. John's? And I assume uh, the transfer portal is probably uh, going to be a popular part of his uh, to-do list here. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, I actually haven't noticed how much uh, much he's been doing with the portal at Iona. I, I don't think a ton, but obviously the the allure of you know playing Madison Square Garden, playing in the Big East, will uh, that'll get mm-hmm. in more talent uh, than he was able to get with the Gales. And certainly getting getting guys into St. John's has not been the problem. It's been coaching them up with uh, with Chris Mullen and with uh, Mike Anderson over the last decade or so. They've just been disappointing uh, year in and year out, even though they've had the talent to win. And you know, now you've got a coach who definitely has that pedigree. Um, probably won't be long before he's taking what I believe will be his sixth program to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, certainly if he if he plays out that full six-year deal as the coach, he'll, he'll get there eventually. Ed Cooley sticking in the Big East, leaves Providence to go to Georgetown, uh, I actually kind of thought I can't imagine him leaving Providence, but you know, knowing his reverence for John Thompson, I kind of get it. How about you? Yeah, I, it was funny. Uh, the In the lead-in to the Top 16 reveal on CBS, they had a, a whole half-hour show dedicated to, to Ed Cooley. Now he's you know born and raised in Providence, oh, prior yeah. through and through. And here yeah. we are less than a month later, I guess a little over a month later, and, and he's gone. Uh, but I get it. I, I, I certainly, historically speaking, the Georgetown job, way better. I mean, it's not, obviously Providence is the better team right now, but it's because of Cooley. And he can, you know, build up 
Georgetown the way he did Providence. I, I think he's going to be a home run hire for them. Um, be curious to see where Providence goes from here uh, with its co- coaching search. But you know, living in the the greater DC area, it will be nice to to have Georgetown be even remotely relevant again. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, also, uh, Bobby Hurley, his name has been mentioned. It was mentioned at St. John's. Uh, at least some of the New York media mentioned him. And uh, I know he's been mentioned at Providence again. I don't know completely if Hurley would be into coaching against Danny on a regular basis. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it seems as Hurley's name has come up enough. I'm wondering if there's something going on. If there's some smoke here about that. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I think they've actually said in the past they don't want to go head-to-head. They don't want to be in the same conference, so that would be weird. Like, I get why people are making that connection with, you know, there were multiple jobs open in the Big East, and there was a lot of, you know, Bobby Hurley on the hot seat talk this season, so, you know, easy to draw those lines together, but I would be surprised if, if he goes that route. I, honestly, I'd be surprised if he leaves Arizona State after getting them to the tournament. I, I think that was more of a hot seat situation before the the season began or before the tournament began when they were you know right on the bubble so mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that'll happen carrie miller bleacher report curling in the sports zone all right let's go back to the first week of the tournament uh yeah what were a couple of the big storylines that most caught your atten- attention the last you know for the previous four days uh uh last week um yeah it, it felt like there were way more upsets than there were that was kind of my takeaway from like the upsets that we got were massive obviously fairly Dixon winning that game Princeton winning too but I was just uh adding up all of the uh the seeds for the sweet 16 which is a dumb thing that I do every year but it's fun um this is of the last five tournaments this is actually the second lowest number like 2019 was super chalky but we're at 78 right now and three of the last four tournaments were north of 85 so we like hmm. we still have a lot of really good teams in this tournament obviously princeton is the the cinderella du jour um if they can knock off creighton like st peter's knocked off purdue last year um that story will continue into the weekend but i, I think we got a lot of really good teams even though we did lose two ones and two twos Okay, so let's actually start with that game. Let's start with Creighton against Princeton. Uh, you know, Creighton doesn't make shots in game one. They make every shot in game two. So what do we expect for Creighton in game three? Yeah, I think it's more of a, can Princeton's defense possibly do it again? I mean, they were like 135th defense on Ken Palm coming into the tournament, and all of a sudden they're un- impenetrable. It's it's absurd what they were able to do to, to Arizona and Missouri, two of the 10 best offenses. Uh, I, I can't imagine that continues, but I also don't think Creighton's going to blow them out. Like Princeton does not get blown out. Like that was my thing. You know, I had, I didn't pick Princeton to beat Arizona, but I, I thought they would cover the 14 and a half. No problem because Princeton doesn't get blown out. The Ivy league team don't get blown out historically in the tournament. So I think we're going to get a good game, but I think Creighton's going to find a way to, to break through that, you know, sudden iron horse defense yeah i wasn't surprised that princeton out rebounded missouri because everybody out rebounds missouri but yeah i don't know how how could they have out rebounded the uva uh and out rebounded arizona in that game last week yeah it's similar to the uh what was it six seven years ago with the how does yale out rebound baylor (laughs) that's that whole 
yeah. soundbite. <laughs> I thought that was surprised that didn't come up at any point in the last few days. But yeah, it's, it, it was unexpected. Like I said, Princeton was outside the top 100 on defense. They're still outside the top 100 on offense. Like this was not like when Oral Roberts made their run two years ago. They were at least a very good offense that just so happened to play some decent defense in the tournament. Whereas you know, St. Peter's was a really good defense that found some offense. This just kind of came out of nowhere with Princeton. All right, so Alabama and San Diego State. Yeah, on Saturday, we watched Tennessee grown men beat Duke young men. Uh, and uh, maybe I'm just you know, making a bad comparison here, but I'm watching the game on Sunday, and I'm thinking this San Diego State team reminds me of Tennessee a little bit, and now they're playing a lot of freshmen in Alabama. Obviously, they have the uh, – you know, the, the upperclassmen guards Alabama, but uh, they you know, they have a ton of freshmen. So San Diego State, uh, you know, they've got some growing men on that team. Am, am I Is this a bad angle by me? I'm thinking San Diego State plus some points here. Yeah, I think I think Alabama's going to win comfortably. Again, my, my bets have not been great. I think I'm 24 and 24 overall in the, the 48 games thus far. Um, but, you know, I think in each of the past 14 tournaments, there have been at least two Sweet 16 games decided by double digits. So, like if you're if you're looking at it as you know seven and a half is a bit too much, I think they're going to cover. I, for whatever reason, you know teams come out Thursday, Friday, and they'll blow somebody out. It happens like 35 percent of the time, something like that. But I think if you if you like Alabama to win, you should like Alabama to cover. They've won 23 games by double digits, but yeah. like you're saying, San Diego State, grown men for sure. Uh, that's you know, defense has been their mo for like 15 years now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know certainly hits the under, <laughs> but I think Alabama yeah. will probably cover. Tennessee and Florida Atlantic. Uh, what's the first thing you think of in that matchup? <laughs> it was. Uh, we'll see if they're if Tennessee's able to get away with murder like they did against Duke uh, for only 11 <laughs> fouls to be called on the volunteers in that game. Something That's I'll true. never understand. Um, I think Duke took 11 hits to the face in that game, let alone 11 fouls. But it, 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 And Florida Atlantic is they're a deep team, but they're they're not big. You know, they they play nine guys, but seven of them are 6'4 or shorter. I think they should get, you know, Tennessee should be able to out-muscle them. Um, you know, the, the Owls held their own against a, a pretty physical Memphis team, but this is you know a whole whole new ball of wax dealing you know, with that Tennessee defense. I, I think the I think the Volunteers are going to figure out a way to get the win, even though their offense is quite suspect at times. How many stitches? Uh, you know, was it more stitches or more fouls called in that uh, in the uh, in the Duke Tennessee game? <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh, Filipowski still recovering from yeah. shot he took to the face there. No doubt. Kansas State and Michigan State. Uh, this game intrigues me in MSG, of course, and you've got uh, you point guards going home in this uh, particular game, so to speak, going home. Uh, so what, what are you looking for in Kansas State and Michigan State? Yeah, we'll see, uh, see if Kansas State can do to Michigan State what they did to Kentucky, forcing relentless turnovers. I think they have uh, 20 steals through the first two rounds. I think they had nine against Montana State, 11 against Kentucky, really set the tone early with all those takeaways. And, you know, it's what they do. Uh, Marquise Noel is fantastic on the perimeter defense. Question of whether they'll, excuse me, 
avoid giving it away with turnovers on offense. That's been the the Wildcats thing all season long. But I, I think they'll, you know, I, I saw Michigan State's favored. I, I get it. It's Izzo against Tang. It's Michigan State against Kansas State. But I think the Wildcats are the better team. And like you said, you got a got the point guard going home in Noel. I think he's going to shine in MSG. Also, you've got uh, you know situation uh, Houston against Miami. This is the. Uh, yeah, we had a bunch of contrast in styles games last week, and I think that this is probably the one of the eight uh, games that we have this week that uh, kind of stand out as far as a you know team that wants to to beat you up and play half court, and a team that wants to run like crazy in Miami. Yeah, we'll see if uh, Miami's defense can hold up. They actually have the the worst defense of the sixteen remaining teams, and uh, even though Houston has had some. Some cold spells for sure, certainly as of late. I think they'll they'll find a way to get a win. They scored eighty one on Auburn. They can they can score eighty one on a Miami defense that I believe allowed eighty five and in four of its last eight games before the tournament. Um, you know, they they did a great job of shutting down Trace Jackson Davis and daring the guards to beat them. But you try and do that against you know try and shut down Jarris Walker and leave Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd wide open. You're are going to get destroyed. So I, I think Miami's defense, or you know, really lack thereof, is going to be the story there, and, and Houston's going to take one more step toward a hometown advantage in the Final Four. Sean Miller back in the uh, Sweet 16 with Xavier and uh, against Texas. Uh, you know, Sully Boom against all the Texas perimeter players. Uh, interesting matchup there. Yeah, Sully Boom against his uh, former coach in Rodney Terry. Uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about we, that part. We, we talked about uh, you know Bryce Hopkins going back to face Kentucky. I, I haven't seen anybody making that connection yet, but yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, we'll see if they can avoid the uh, the turnovers that Texas is able to force. Uh, you know, Xavier certainly is an incredible offense when they are hitting shots, but their last, I believe, five losses they've been held to sixty-eight points or fewer. Texas the defense is really. Firing on all cylinders right now, so we'll we'll see. But yeah, if Dulé Boob gets going, when he scores, when he posts at least sixteen points and three assists, something like that, they're fifteen and zero, and that's like his averages for the season. So if they're unable to shut him down, they're you know Xavier's probably going to win. They got forty eight points in the first half, or 49, 48 or forty nine. They he didn't get any in the first half of that game the other day, but then in the second half he kind of took over after they had the the healthy lead. Arkansas and UConn. UConn, uh, I guess you can make a pretty good case playing better than anybody, or as well as anybody, at least after the first weekend. Yeah, I mean, they, at least in the second half of those games, right, they were down down two at the half against Iona. They were up one against St. Mary's, and they won those games by combined, like, 39 points. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever, whatever Dan Hurley's saying at halftime, he should go ahead and say that in the pregame speech because he's got them – going really well in the second half of those games and you know they were they were the team to beat in november and december and really hit a wall in january i went through the you know all their tough road games in league play had a couple of disappointing losses uh you know peppered in there as well but they've been looking really good over the last month and a half i mean i had them final four coming into the tournament now you know feel even better about it after seeing them play those first two games but i mean arkansas is going to be a problem uh it's a tough matchup uh you know if there's 
two things Connecticut does poorly. It's they commit fouls and they commit turnovers. And if there's two things Arkansas does really well, it's force turnovers and draw fouls. So this could play into the Razorbacks' wheelhouse. And we certainly wouldn't be the first time we've seen Eric Musselman in the Elite Eight. I just going to mention Musselman. Uh, he used to be an assistant here for Herb Sendak at ASU, and uh, yeah, what he's done in the NCAA tournament is pretty amazing. Whether it's Nevada or Arkansas, he's uh, had deep runs in both locations. W- what's been the key to that, uh, you know, NCAA tournament success for him? Yeah, I mean, the thing with Musselman is he gets these transfers. You know, he was dominating the transfer portal before it became as popular as it did, uh, and. He always seems to have these old, savvy guards who play just tough defense, and that's what you want in March. I mean, he he steered into that skid before anybody else did. I think he really mastered that art. Um, You know, they were kind of disappointing during the season, but it was also due to injury. Uh, You know, early on they looked really good, but then lost their big man, Brazil. Uh, You know, Nick Smith Jr. was not healthy for most of the season. I, I can't believe they beat Kansas with him scoring zero points, though. I, I thought yeah. they were going to go on a run. He was going to have to be a star. And for them to do that with him doing nothing, I mean, if he shows up in a big way down the stretch here, man, they, they could they could pull it off. They could win it all. All right, Kerry, I saved the best for the last, at least at the West yeah. Coast. We think it's the best. Gonzaga and UCLA, what are you looking for there? Yeah, easily the, the marquee game of the Sweet 16, in my opinion. It doesn't necessarily think it's going to be the best, but... You know, two years ago they had the, the buzzer beater in the Final Four, and I, I think something special could happen in this game. Um, you know, it's the old uh, unstoppable force, immovable object debate. Gonzaga's number one on offense. UCLA is number two in the nation on defense. Can they slow down Drew Timmy? Can they avoid the the run out for Gonzaga's offense? Uh, Gonzaga is 117 and four when scoring at least 71 points in the last four years. But they're 3-8 and eight when they're held to 70 or fewer. Uh, so that there's that's UCLA's goal. Hold Gonzaga to 70 or fewer, which very few have been able to do, but the defense could do it. And we've seen Jalen Clark not play now for you know, right. four, four or five games, counting the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, do we see a, no- a noticeable difference with them defensively? But uh, you know they're still good defensively. But yeah, you know, he, he's he's the man on defense. Yeah, I, I think they're not getting as many. Steals. I think they had eleven in the first round against UNC Asheville, but that's a team that like doesn't even have a backcourt. They were all Drew Pember or nothing, and, and he didn't do anything, so they were nothing. <laughs> but I, I think they're less likely to force turnovers because um, Clark was so good in that regard, but. Still really good on defense. Um, I mean, we'll see how healthy they actually are. I mean, Bona appeared to aggravate his shoulder. I know he came back in, but he hurt his shoulder on a dunk in the second yeah. half uh, against Northwestern. Singleton had that hideous rolled ankle. They're saying it wasn't a break, just a bad sprain. But, I mean, you're in Arizona. You remember what it's like to have a bad sprain at the tournament from Kirk Carissa last year. We'll yeah, see if true. he's able to, to really give it a go. But, yeah, if they're – already down Clark and then two other guys that assumedly less than 100%. Not a great time to be facing Gonzaga. That's true. Yeah, the good news is at least Singleton was walking around after the game. That's, you know, that was seemingly surprising at the time to even see him do that. So we'll see. Yeah. Kerry, this has been great. Pictures of his ankle all swollen and purple (laughs) and nasty. That's true. (laughs) 
I forgot about that. Yes, those were pretty ugly. No doubt about it. All right, Kerry, great stuff as always. I really appreciate it. If we don't talk to you in the next couple of weeks, I really appreciate all the time this season, uh, uh, football and basketball. Thanks much. Yep, you got it, Bob. Take care. Kerry Miller, Bleacher Report. Read all his stuff. Excellent stuff as always. From Kerry, I forgot about the, you know, the, uh, those ugly pictures with Crease's sprained ankle last year. Those were not not pretty. All right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get in. It is general discussion, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to a combination of local roundup items. Uh, the Suns, there was a report yesterday about Kevin Durant's um, possible availability uh, for the rest of the season. So we'll get to that, and uh, time pending, we'll get to some Cardinal stuff and maybe some uh, Western Conference NBA items and there's only two segments to go in the sports zone today. And uh, at some point, we have to do the spring training report brought to you by Porta Subs. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But uh, you know, if I do this right, uh, we will have uh, that spring training report in the next two segments because after the top of the hour hits, uh, I'm out of here for the day. And I got to got to come up with a Porta Subs spring training report and the giveaway here at some point. So stay tuned for that. It's time for today's local roundup. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time at the KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. Get your phone calls and a little local roundup in a couple of minutes. First up, let's re- the, uh, repeat the poll questions for today. First up, the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Are you going to watch tonight Team USA against Japan in the World Baseball Classic? And also, Merrill Kelly scheduled to be the starting, at least it's speculated to be the starting pitcher for Team USA. And also, uh, today's Twitter poll question, uh, who got uh, the uh, Thursday Sweet 16 game at MSG? Kansas State and Michigan State are the teams, and uh, Michigan State, Laying one and a half at uh, FanDuel at last look. And uh, Kansas State obviously getting one and a half. 602-260-1060. One other quick thing here before we uh, hit the phone lines. Uh, the Suns, of course, have lost four out of five now. They don't play till Wednesday night when they go to L.A. and face the Lakers. Kevin Durant nearing a return to action. He's begun some more on-court work, according to uh, the athletic Sham Sharania. And uh, he also reported that the uh, organization hopeful that the superstar will return from the left ankle injury before the end of March uh, and uh, maybe the beginning of April. But obviously we're up against it here with only a couple weeks to go in the NBA regular season. All right, out to the phone lines we go. And uh, John Cannon joins us. Hi, John. How are you? How you doing, Bob? I'm good. Thanks. Hey, I just wanted to say, I watched a lot of basketball this weekend, more than I have in many tournaments, and partly it's because I live in Iowa now, and there were six Iowa teams in the tournament, three men's and three women's at the start of it. Yeah. And uh, they all lost, except for Iowa's women, they all lost in bewildering and frustrating ways. It was an, it turned out to be an awful experience for Iowa. <laughs> um, but what, what came across to me is a couple things. Number one, there are not enough good officials for all of those games in one weekend. And the women's games, I thought, really suffered from it. And I know there are there are officials that work both 
men's and women's games. And I think the men's games got the best officials, and the women's game got what was left over. And it was um, it was frustrating. But what was even more frustrating is that ESPN does not show replays of fouls as a rule. They really? do once in a while, but they off they usually don't. So a play happens, and you're thinking, wait, that didn't look like a foul. And then the announcers don't say anything about it. The players are looking. There was one where Lisa Bluter, the Iowa's coach, looked up at the video board, and you saw her. They showed a close-up of her looking up at the video board and kind of saying, what the hell? And yet nobody reacted to that and said, well, maybe we should show that replay to the audience. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so it was it was frustrating from that standpoint. And I, saw, I watched a lot of the Stanford game. I watched a lot of um, – of Iowa's winning against Georgia, and it just seemed like there were just a lot of plays where there were one time down the court you could knock somebody down and not get a call, and the next time down you were called for just rushing by somebody. And, and so, anyway, I just don't think there are enough officials, and I guess there aren't enough really good TV producers to, to handle that, that big weekend. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with ESPN. Uh, yeah, I don't watch the women's game very often. Uh, I did watch a little of the Ohio State game yesterday, which was more coincidental than the fact I'm actually live you know, from Columbus. Uh, so I do like some of the women's rules. I like the four quarters, and I like the I fact that they can they can get the ball at half court after a timeout at the end of a game. That's a good thing too. Uh, so uh, yeah, I remember we talked to. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago about this, and those are a couple of things that uh, I'd like to see in the men's game for sure. Yeah, I agree with, with both of those things. And I, and I just, I like the flow of the women's game as a rule. They, they, they move the ball really well, and um, they're not trying to get dunks. And they are now increasingly getting a lot of three-pointers, like, like every other level of basketball. Um, you're seeing a ton of three-pointers, but... Anyway, it was um, it was fun to watch all of that, and uh, and it will be interesting to see uh, what happens. I, I did have fun with my, my daughter, who's in college, got in a uh, big bracket with her friends, and she had FAU. And I said, <laughs> why, "Why do you FAU?" She says, "I don't I don't know. I just uh, I said, do you know what FAU stands for?" She said, "No." And I said, and I just off the top of my head, I said, "I think it's fuzzy albino unicorns." And she's like, well, "Really?" <laughs> okay. I said, I, I said no, but that they're her favorite team forever now because she thinks they're fuzzy albino uniforms. So okay, well, that's being a good parent there. That's an excellent job by you. So that's <laughs> thanks, yeah. Bob. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Uh, Thanks, John. Appreciate it. That's John Cannon from uh, back in local radio days, and uh, we worked together uh, uh, at one time in uh, in Las Vegas at the same radio station there. So good to hear from John. All right, a couple other quick things here from the Western Conference yesterday. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies in uh, the Mavericks played, so you know the Suns are going to benefit from somebody losing here. But the the Mavericks lost again. Uh, but the Grizzlies win 112 to 108 in this game. Jaron Jackson, 28 points last night. And uh, John Morant uh, was actually with the team last night, did not play. He's expected to return and play Wednesday night against the Rockets. Speaking of the Rockets, the Warriors ended an 11 game road losing streak, winning at Houston against the Rockets. Steph Curry had 30 points in that game. As I mentioned, that ended the uh, Rockets' 11 game road losing streak. Meanwhile, also Western Conference teams playing last night that they have an impact on the Suns. The Wolves lost again. Julius Randle got 57 points for the Knicks last night. 
That's the greatest night in Knicks history as far as scoring. Uh, one of the greatest nights, excuse me, as it says here, and one of the greatest nights in Knicks history. And also the Timberwolves lost again last night. Yeah, Oche Abaji, who we saw in the NCAA tournament last year for KU, uh, he had a career-high 27 points last night. And uh, as the uh, as the the uh, the Kings, excuse me, I bet the, I think I said the Wolves, the Kings, uh, the Wolves lost to the Knicks, the Kings lost to the Jazz, and Abaji has 27 points in that game for the Jazz in that contest. So tonight in the NBA, the Suns don't play, and the Suns actually continue to benefit by not playing because pretty much everybody in the Western Conference seems to lose on a semi-regular basis, at least the so-called teams fighting for playoff positioning with the Suns. Uh, Tonight, San Antonio is at New Orleans. I'm not even sure if New Orleans really counts as far as a playoff positioning situation anymore. You know, the... uh, the uh, the Pelicans have uh, done some serious sliding. They're down to uh, 12th in the Western Conference at 34 and 37, uh, but they are playing tonight anyway. Uh, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans are laying 11 against San Antonio tonight. Uh, Boston's at uh, L.A. against the uh, actually, you know, at Sacramento. Excuse me, Boston's at Sacramento. Boston a four and a half point favorite at Sacramento, and then uh, the Clippers. Uh, are hosting Oklahoma City, so one of those teams has to lose. Uh, and the uh, Clippers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that contest. The uh, Suns sitting with 33 losses right now. I'm going to use the baseball loss column thing here for the next few days. Uh, the Clippers are at 34 losses. Warriors and Mavericks both at 36 losses. Timberwolves at 37 losses at this point. Also, two other teams that haven't played as many games at 36 losses, that'd be the Thunder and the Jazz as they fight for playoff positioning, or maybe not exactly fighting for playoff positioning, so we'll see. Meanwhile, time for our spring training report right now, brought to you by Porta Subs, our daily spring training report. So right now, caller number two, 602-260-1060. You're today's winner of Lunch for Two at Porta Subs. Once again, caller number two, 602-260-1060. Spring training report quickly. The Diamondbacks win yesterday, 7-3 over the White Sox. Don't really care about that part too much. But Carson Kelly was hit by a pitch in his right forearm. After the game, Kelly, when asked about the pain, said it is a not minimal, was his quote. On a positive side, Corbin Carroll just continues to be tremendous in spring training at least. Two more hits and three at-bats hitting leadoff. He has hit safely in 11 of 12 spring training games. He's now batting 371 in uh, the in the uh, Cactus League. The Diamondbacks also made a roster move yesterday. Tommy Henry goes to AAA Reno. He had a 531, uh, 5.51 or run average in five Cactus League starts. So he will be not part of the rotation. So that fifth starter spot seems to be down to Ryan Nelson or do, uh, Drew, uh, Dre Jamison at this point. Of course, the USA against uh, Japan tonight. We'll see if Otani faces. Uh, uh, he's he's not going to start, but he might be. Uh, you know, I believe. Um, uh, I'm not positive who's actually starting for Japan tonight, but uh, Otani. It might be pitching in late innings and go against uh, you know, Darvish, I believe, is starting for Japan. But uh, Otani might go uh, face uh, you know, his teammate, Mike Trout, uh, his uh, Major League teammate, Mike Trout, in the late innings of that game. I'm sure Major League Baseball and uh, the uh, Fox television executives hoping that happens. And then one other quick thing, baseball-related, 
Von Grissom, we actually talked about him a little bit yesterday in this segment. Uh, we were asked about him, uh, the uh, middle infielder for the uh, Braves. He officially was sent to AAA yesterday. Uh, his defense has not been good during spring training, uh, so they don't think he's ready, at least right now, to be a, a you know major league shortstop as uh, far as the at least at the start of the season for Atlanta. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's one-hour radio spectacular, uh, the National Roundup. We'll get to the latest line, get to some uh, you know, turn, NCAA tournament odds, the updated odds for the Sweet 16, kind of consensus odds from Nevada is what we're going to go with here. And uh, also time pending, we'll get to some point spreads for the Sweet 16 contest. We have a couple more days to do that on uh, Wednesday and Thursday during the Sports Zone slash Extra Point. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. And it is thank you time. We thank you for listening as always. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever. I'll sip to the cracks. Also, our guest today around college basketball and some Rick Patino talk and some Ed Cooley talk. Uh, Patino to St. John's, Cooley to uh, Georgetown. Plus, obviously, a Sweet 16 preview. We went every, through every game with Kerry Miller of Bleacher Report. Sound of the day, courtesy of FS1, CBS, also NFL Network, and Fox. And special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and also Aaron. All right, odds to win the NCAA tournament leading the Sweet 16. I'm going consensus odds from Nevada here. Uh, plus 300 would be Alabama. Plus 400, four to one, would be Houston. Eight to one would be Connecticut. Uh, plus 950 is UCLA. Ten to one Gonzaga, Creighton, and Texas. Fifteen to one Tennessee. Twenty-five to one Michigan State. Twenty-nine to one Kansas State. Thirty to one Sean Miller's Xavier team. Uh, Thirty-nine to one San Diego State and Arkansas. 45 to 1 Florida Atlantic, 55 to 1 would be uh, Miami and then uh, 200 to 1 would be Princeton and uh, that's uh, you know courtesy of basically uh, consensus numbers from the state of Nevada. All right, quickly, uh, updated games to the uh, Sweet 16 games Kansas State as we mentioned earlier, one and a half, two, two and a half point favorites, uh, excuse me, underdogs, Michigan State's favorite against against Kansas State. The Michigan State favorite in that game. Arkansas against Connecticut. Connecticut a three-and-a-half point favorite in that contest. Tennessee against Florida Atlantic. Tennessee a five-and-a-half point favorite. UCLA a two-point favorite against uh, Gonzaga. Total in that game, 145-and-a-half. Contrast to Styles. San Diego State against Alabama. And Alabama seven-and-a-half. And I'm definitely going to be on the Alabama side. There's a couple of eights out there, of which I have uh, an acquaintance of mine in Las Vegas searching to try to get me a plus eight in that game. Uh, Houston against Miami of Florida. 
Uh, Houston is a seven, a seven-point favorite against Miami of Florida. I don't quite trust Miami of Florida. They just don't guard anybody, as we've talked about. Uh, Creighton uh, against uh, Princeton and Creighton, a 10-point favorite in that game. and actually opened nine, now up to 10. And then Texas against Xavier. The Sean Miller battle against uh, Texas and Rodney Terry. And uh, Texas opened a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Little money on uh, Xavier. They're down to four-point favorites in that contest. Total in that game sitting at 138. As we mentioned, in fact, Rick Pitino has now officially been introduced as the St. John's coach. Uh, he just uh, was on uh, SportsCenter with Sage Steele and uh, trying to uh, explain his journey after a Quite frankly, I think Sage Steele does a good job. I don't think she did a good job with this last interview. I heard part of it during the last break. But uh, Rick Pitino officially the St. John's coach. And uh, as we talked about with Kerry Miller, uh, we expect uh, St. John's to be really good pretty quickly. And I assume he's going to read the transfer portal. And if I were a player from NYC, I'd want to be going back to New York City and play for Patino and play some home games in a garden. That would be a blast if I were a New York City kid. All right, this has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for a one-hour Sports Zone and then a two-hour Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the day, everybody. Broadcasting.